Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Did you know you could help support the podcast by going to patreon.com forward slash paddle, the letter N, and fin. You could also do so by going to anchor.fm forward slash paddle, the letter N, and fin. Welcome back. Welcome back. This is the real down. This is your host Sam Jones, and uh, I've got a pretty awesome announcement to make. Well, we already made the announcement, but I want to welcome my new co-host, Mr. Dan Perry, to the show. How are we doing, what up, Dan? What up? Doing good. Living the dream. Awesome. Ready man. talking about some cag fishing. Hell to the yeah. Well, I'm excited to have you on, my friend. Uh, you know, sad to see Brad go but uh he's moving on to do another segment and uh, i know he's excited about that and he's going to bring a lot of value to that segment um you know but i i'm also excited about having you on you know me and me and brad were in a very similar similar geographic area and uh now we got you coming in and bringing in uh the the southern flair to the show so uh, I'm excited about that. I think uh, that's going to be cool. But uh, yeah, first episode, man, this should be good. Yeah, I, I I think just listening to the all the northern stuff, there's a lot to be learned, and I I do some regional stuff, but I usually don't make it up to the north too much. So it's really interesting for me to hear all that, and hopefully I can bring some some insight from down here to help guys who are going to fish down here, or just people who live down here now. Yeah, well, I think even the the techniques that you guys use, uh, yeah. you know, are beneficial to guys all over. Same thing here. So, um, I remember when I went out yeah. west, I learned a lot out there, and Definitely. it was uh, it was fun, and I got to bring a lot of that stuff out here. Sounds good. Ah. Uh, all right. Well, without further ado, we've got a special guest tonight. We are uh, we're stepping away from the tournament recaps this week. Um, it's a slow week in the tournament scene, and uh, we're going to talk about 
tournament series and clubs. And our guest tonight is a tournament director, our first tournament director. We're going to continue to do that throughout the off season here. Um, so excited to uh, to have a conversation with Mr. Jason Young of Indiana Kayak Anglers. How are we doing, Jason? All right, welcome, man. Hey, welcome. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. This is uh this is awesome what you guys are doing with this Paddle and Fin podcast and the different uh, the different series within the podcast stream that you guys are doing. And this this is really cool. Uh, good for kayak fishing. Good for kayak fishing clubs. Good for kayak fishing anglers. I've um, just really been enjoying it. Yeah, man, it's uh it's definitely a cool platform that we have here, and uh, the different segments are always fun to listen and 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 be a part of. So. You know, hopefully we're bringing some value to some people, and and tonight we're going to get a, a in depth look at what it is to be a tournament director and and kind of promote your uh, your tournament trail. Well, I'll do my best to answer the questions as good as I can. <laughs> awesome, awesome. All right. Well, uh, first and foremost, let's talk a little bit about Indiana kayak anglers um, and uh, what you guys are doing here in Indiana. So. Um, you want to just give us kind of a brief rundown of what what uh, the the series is because it's not a club it's a it's a series uh, here in Indiana. Right. Yeah. We don't we don't charge any membership fees or anything. We keep it open. Um, you know, mostly just through trying to get new people into the sport. You know, it makes it easier if they don't have to pay a membership fee and and feel like they have to participate in all the events. You know come out, try one out and, uh, see how it goes from there for you. Uh, so we do just run a series. Um, uh, we did, we've done four events for the past several years. We're going to do five events in 2020, uh, just because everybody's been asking for more. I can't get enough. I guess I, <laughs> I if, if you're a kayak angler in Indiana and you want to do anything competitive, um, there's plenty of opportunity, not just with Indiana kayak anglers, but with the other um, kayak fishing organizations in Indiana. I, I actually sat down today and, and tried to put a, a uh, calendar together with all of the events and for all of the clubs, and it it quickly grew out of control. <laughs> there's, yeah, I, there's a lot I going on in Indiana this year. I think I, I think there's 51 events on that calendar. Wow, which is just insane. So. And and we could take we could go down the wormhole with this one, but we'll keep it brief. Do you think we're getting to a point where there's too much? Um, in Indiana, I think we're still um, good because all of the all of the major clubs that are involved. Of course, that's Indiana Kayak Anglers. There's Southern Indiana Yak Anglers Club, known as SIAC. There's grassroots bass yakin which was new for 2019 um and then there's kayak anglers of southern indiana and all of the clubs within indiana actually we all get along really well and a lot of the anglers fish multiple clubs there's no fighting you know we all work together uh, as much as we can on our schedule so there's not a, a ton of overlap um and everybody just enjoys fishing everyone's clubs. You know, the the tournament directors for the other clubs fish the Indiana Kayak Anglers events. And and I've done my best to fish other events um, as scheduled and time permits. You know, we just, we just all enjoy it. We all provide maybe something a little different to each of the anglers that might 
benefit them in some way um, so that everyone can have a good time with kayak fishing. We're all working together to help grow the sport for sure. You know, it's, it's surprising for me that there's so many in a place like Indiana. I, I think being from Alabama, bass boat side, whenever I fished that down here, I could fish something every single weekend, multiple tournaments a week. The kayak stuff, we just don't have nearly as many as y'all do. So that's, that's I, I hope some of that makes it down here too. But that, that's awesome. Y'all have so much to do. I'm sure your wives hate it, but I'm sure it's <laughs> a lot of fun. Well, it's it's business, right? I I can, oh, honey, I I gotta go fish this event. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, but, no, yeah, I can attest to that. You guys definitely do an awesome job of working together, and and the communication I think has been key there. But uh, you know, when you look at when you sit down, because I've done the same thing, I broke down all the schedules this year. When you when you sit down and take a look at it, it's obvious that you guys were communicating uh, because there very there is very little overlap with the local stuff. Yeah. One of the things that helped, uh, um, so I'm just one of the members of the board of directors for Indiana kayak anglers. And I have uh, Jim Orr, uh, which uh, I'm sure anybody that's paid any attention to kayak fishing in the last two years knows who Jim Orr is. Uh, and we're definitely blessed to have him helping out with the, with the Indiana kayak anglers. And then also have Matt Gibson, um, so the three of us together, we work really well together, and we were able to sit down and get a schedule together real early this year. Uh, this is by far the earliest we've ever released a schedule, and I think that helped drive everything else. And so uh, 2020 just looks amazing for Indiana kayak fishing. Dan, hopefully you can come up and join us for at least one of these events. I might uh, have to. Whether it's one of ours or one of the other clubs, come up and enjoy some Indiana fishing, man. It's only seven hours away. It's not too far. Hop, skip, and a jump, baby. That's right. Get that Tacoma rolling. We're all coming down there for the <laughs> NC, so, right. you know. You I got to ride back. Sam with oh. 900 of his best friends. Right. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny, too. I've heard a lot of people say it seems like a lot of people are going to focus more on their local stuff, the in-state kind of things, maybe fish. It seems like with so many more in the state that people are kind of planning to fish that more local stuff. Well, I think there's, Sam can probably attest to this a little bit because I, I know he did a lot of trail and, and pro stuff this year, and, and there's probably a huge wallet and financial aspect in that decision. Uh, for sure. Yeah, I, I am one of those people who are looking more local this this coming season. I mean, yeah, gosh, I mean, when you go into it, you kind of know, right? I mean, you're, sure. you, you're, you're thinking about the money and the time, but it's not until you're actually doing it and living it that you realize how much you're investing. And I unfortunately didn't cash a bunch of checks this year, so you know, you, you definitely, you're dipping into, into the savings accounts to do these things. And if you're not cashing checks, it's hard to continue it. I will fish nationally and regionally next year, but I, I have, I'm one of those people I'm really looking at the local stuff. I think the local trails are doing a really great job. Uh, I think they're growing. Uh, the schedules are amazing this year in Indiana. So it's going to be hard not to want to fish those things, but uh, yeah, I can understand it. There's definitely a lot that goes into traveling uh, like that. And I enjoy it. Gosh, I enjoy it too much. Um, 
to be honest. Uh, but uh, yeah. So, all right, enough about me. Um, <laughs> Jason, I'll, let's talk because I want to get into the 2020 schedule because we keep mentioning it, but we haven't, you know, announced what it is. Um, but before we do that, I mean, 2019 was a killer year for IKA. I mean, some really cool stuff went down in 2019. So let's get into that a little bit. Let's little, let's do a little recap, uh, get, do some shout outs here and uh, talk about 2019. So let's start with four events. Where were those? So we opened up the season on Summit Lake, which is a state park and reservoir um, uh, East Central Indiana, Newcastle, Indiana area. Um, beautiful lake, beautiful fishery. Um, it's one of those that a lot of guys have asked for over the years, and we always sort of hesitated to do anything on a state park lake because of all of the permitting process and everything that's involved with that. But we uh, sucked it up and did it this year, and uh, as our season opener, we had 84 anglers show up to that one. Um, wow. Which just it blew me away. Um, some the guys at Summit Lake, you know, that run the park and the facility, they were they were amazed that now this is a lake. Uh, one of the things you have to keep in mind is in Central Indiana, there's Central Indiana, there's not a whole lot of places to fish um, as far as being able to host a tournament. Um, we have a couple reservoirs around Indianapolis that get hammered. Uh, Summit Lake is another one of those that abs- it just gets hammered through the year because there's not a lot of opportunity around here. Um, but they were even surprised to see, you know, 84 little plastic boats going around the water, you know, and, and, and we had a wonderful day. Um, good numbers, good turnout. It was, it was an incredible season opener and really set the stage for what we saw for the rest of 2019. Awesome. Awesome. And then, you know, you had another big event. So IK, I think if it's known for anything, it's known for the White River. Absolutely. Event. That's um, our, every year, that's our, our biggest event. Every year. And, and this year was even bigger because of the Hobie Bass Open Series, bringing out the satellite events. And uh, you were fortunate enough to pair up with them and bring a Hobie event to Indiana. And my goodness, I mean, it, it was, talk uh, about it was turnout. Crazy. It was crazy. So part of the reason that came about is because AJ McWhorter used to actually be uh, the Hobie rep in Indiana and the surrounding states uh, prior. I I really, I'm not sure what region he does now, if, if he's still doing that. But um, uh, so he's actually been on the White River because he came to visit uh, our local dealer one time and, and, uh, Nathan, uh, Pickering and AJ and a few other guys actually went out on the white river and, and AJ got to enjoy the, the lovely smallmouth that we have in that river. And, uh, that's sort of how that came about. He actually reached out to Nathan, uh, when Nathan was still on the board of directors for Indiana kayak anglers and said, Hey, we're, we're doing these satellite events. We're trying to get a list together, um, of venues that we could host these at. And I'd really like to put white river, on the map or, you know, on the, on the possibility list. And, uh, lo and behold, everything came through and they, they chose, uh, that event for the satellite event. And, uh, that put Indiana kike anglers in position to kind of run the local side of things. Right. And, uh, 
we ran it in in tandem with our event on the White River, and uh, everything was just wonderful. We just we just had a great time. The turnout was unbelievable. I, I wish I wish we would have been able to get more guys to fish the satellite side of things. We only had sure. thirty five guys sign up for that, but it did give us a little bit of draw from other states. We had anglers come down from Michigan, uh, anglers from Illinois, uh, Tennessee, Kentucky. Uh, that came into town to fish that event. And I think they enjoyed it and had a good time. I believe everybody had a good time, but we, uh, we actually had 92 on the Indiana kayak wow. angler's side of the event. And so just oh, absolutely yeah. insane. And uh, I know Cole Garland who won the satellite event, you know, he'll be down at the tournament of champions next weekend. And uh, he had a heck of a payday. <laughs> you know, he, he won, he won the Indiana kayak anglers event. He won the, the, uh, satellite event and then i believe he also had big bass yeah so are, are, are these normal turnouts 84 and 92 i mean that's kind of blowing me away how many <laughs> so i wouldn't call it normal um our previous i think our previous record was 82 also for a season opener that is sort of the kind of the trend you see in a lot of local trails right like everybody's itching to get out and so your season openers usually you're one of your bigger events. Now the white river event was actually our last regular season event of the year. We always put that one in, in late summer, uh, mostly for safety reasons, right? Late, late summer, your rivers are going to recover from heavy rains a little quicker. And, and generally the water is going to be a little safer. You, you've got a better chance of the water being safer for a river event. Um, so those, the 84 and the 92 were, were definitely high. Our other two events last year had 56 and 57. So we averaged 72 across still, all four regular yeah. season events. So and, That's still uh, a great turnout. Yeah. Uh, we, we are pleased as punch at that. You'll never, never hear us complain about that one at all. And, uh, you know, big shout out to Tony X and Dwayne Wally because there's no darn way we could manage those events without Tony X. There's just no way. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you see smaller turnouts than your lowest turnout at KBF yeah. regional events. I mean, yeah. you know, um, 84, 92 is just, is amazing. And I think that that kind of tells the story about what's kind of going on here in Indiana. And that question I asked you earlier, do we maybe have too many options in Indiana, too many trails? No, we got a, crap ton of anglers right who are starving for these tournaments and asking for more you know Um, and just just to show the you know just a little anecdote about the growth of the sport of kayak fishing in indiana uh so i grew up in northeast indiana and dan if you don't know um northeast indiana there's just a, a blue million natural lakes up there um i where i grew up my dad and I were going to go fishing on a Saturday morning. The hardest decision we had for the day was which one of the 60 lakes that's a 30-minute drive from our house do we want to go fish. I mean, there's just a ton of lakes up there. And so my dad, my folks still live up there, and my dad is retired now, and he spends four to five days a week on the water fishing. And he says he... He couldn't tell you the last time he went fishing on any one of those lakes up there where he didn't see somebody kayak fishing. And and it has just become a, a steady increase in the visibility of kayak fishing while he's on the water. You know, just some guy in a boat. You know what I mean? 
And so yeah. I, I think that's that's a testament to the growth of the sport in Indiana. And, and granted, not everybody wants to fish a tournament, right. um, but a lot of people do. <laughs> it's pretty yeah. obvious. Awesome. So let's give some shout outs. We finished out at the White River there. Then you go into the championship, crown a champion and an angler of the year. Let's talk about that. Yeah. So, so uh, Aiden Darlington pretty well dominated our series this year. And this is actually the third year in the row that he's been our angler of the year. Uh, wow. Pretty insane domination. I actually don't have the statistics in front of me, but I think he was, I think he cashed a paycheck in every event. So, um, yeah. It was pretty pretty well dominated. Now our um, our series champion from the from the actual championship event was Jackson Orr. Again, if you don't know the name, you haven't been paying attention. I, don't think I might I have heard that name before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you may have. Once but what or twice. Was, <laughs> what was absolutely unbelievable about that tournament is um, we actually this event we actually had uh, two lakes in play. Uh, two smaller lakes. It's one nice thing about our championship event. You know, we only got 16 guys, so we can we can choose smaller bodies of water. Um, but in this case, we actually had two bodies of water that were launches were just a few minutes away from each other. And uh, Jackson actually changed lakes with an hour to go in the tournament. And in that last hour, he upgraded three times. And the best part was his biggest fish of the day in his final upgrade. He took that photo, the timestamp when he submitted his attorney X, the timestamp was one second before lines out. Wow. So he caught that, his big uh, he caught his biggest fish of the day, got it on the board and took the picture with one second left. Absolutely. Talk about fishing every second, yeah. Uh, not not quitting, that's for sure. And and that fish was what he needed actually to push him into first place. Yeah. So that was yeah. that was unreal. I remember yeah. talking to him about that. <laughs> yeah, that's uh that's crazy. So yeah, shout out to those guys. Aiden taking the third AOY in a row. In a row. And and and, and you know, I think in some local trails. You might brush that one off a little bit, but we have some serious sticks that fish with us. We have a lot. Well, look at Jackson, right? We've, Jackson. we've actually got a lot of young, younger guys that fish with us that I, I would, I would put up against about anyone. Um, and and maybe that's a good segue into crossroads. So so our crossroads classic tournament this year um, was Aiden Jackson, uh, Nick Matthews. Um, Aaron Wilson and Josh Robbins. Um, and those five guys just absolutely fish lights out, uh, had an incredible tournament. So they finished day one. They were in fourth place as a team. Um, and, and when I say team, I, I know there were some other clubs that maybe didn't have a whole lot of cohesiveness uh, amongst each of the anglers that were fishing. But these guys fished like a team. Day two, they went out, and every single one of those guys fished better on day two than they did on day one. And other than a few of the guys who didn't have a limit on day one, I'm pretty sure they were the only five guys that did that. And so through communication with each other on the water, 
helping each other out. They were able to go out and, and just fish lights out on day two. Um, we did have an unfortunate incident on day two. And one of our anglers who uh, actually had 87 inches on the board um, accidentally went out of bounds. So on Newton Lake, there were some out-of-bounds areas. And he went oh. out of bounds uh, just, you know, trying to – he was basically trying to upgrade in that last couple hours and just – you know, wasn't paying attention, whatever, but he fished out of bounds, which is a disqualification. And so we had one score on our team of five that was actually a zero instead of an 87 and uh, still finished in third place as a team. So, but the best part about all of that, going back to the whole team thing and, and a testament to the anglers that fished with Indiana kayak anglers um, and entirely the entirety of the success of this organization is that all of those guys supported each other. Nobody got down on the angler that got disqualified. They all had his back, uh, 110%. Um, like I told, like I told him, I was like, man, these guys, these guys will go out fishing with you tomorrow. If you ask him, you know what I mean? Nobody was mad at him. Things happened. They understood that had his back. Uh, I couldn't have been more as a tournament director. I was actually there on day two and, and as a tournament director, um, you know, Indiana kayak anglers is kind of my baby. And at that point I, I was super proud of my kids. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, I really sure. was. And it was awesome. Very cool. Absolutely. Yeah. They definitely, uh, definitely impressed me out there. I knew they were going to do well. And, um, they uh, they didn't disappoint, and I'm I'm looking for them to claim the trophy next year. That's, and, that's the goal. And, hey, if uh, if I stick around and then able to fish some local stuff, you know, maybe I'll maybe I'll make a play for that team. We never you we never know. So uh, I uh, unfortunately didn't get to fish any IK events last year. I was going to fish the White River, and work uh, screwed me out of that one. So thanks work. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, shout out work. Yep, thanks work. <laughs> Appreciate you, uh, <laughs> but uh, all right. So moving on, because um, we've got a we got a few other topics to uh, to cover here tonight. This is going to be a jam packed show for sure. Um, so you know we got a recap of 2019, and as we were talking about for before, guys are begging for more. So this year you're doing five regular season. That's correct. And a championship, giving them an extra tournament, covering another month. Uh, let's go. Let's do a quick little rundown of the schedule this year. All right, 2020, we're going to open on April 25th on Lake Wawasee slash uh, Lake Syracuse or Syracuse Lake. I'm not real sure the order on that one. But um, so Wawasee is a super popular uh, tournament destination in, in northern Indiana, northern ish Indiana. It's in Kosciuszko County. Um, Beautiful lake, uh, lots of good fish in that lake. We've avoided this lake uh, for several years despite some demand, uh, mostly because I've spent plenty of time on that lake in a bass boat, and there's times of that year I wasn't even comfortable in a bass boat out there. It gets an insane amount of traffic, not just from fishermen, but from pleasure boaters, and I think they have a sailboat race there every weekend, too. It's it's crazy. It gets nuts. But that's why we're Damn sailboats! <laughs> just get out of my wind that was, um, was it semen sorry <laughs> <go>. <laughs> yeah but uh um 
we decided to go ahead and put it on the schedule this year and we're going early so we should avoid a lot of that traffic uh wawasee is a pretty large lake it's three thousand acres uh syracuse is attached to it via channel it's 400 acres uh both lakes produce fish uh nice fish there's small mouth in the lakes um i've seen some pretty big small mouth come out of those lakes and it also sets up kind of nice for kayak fishing uh because there's actually two boat ramps and if you look at them on a map they're basically polar opposite of each other right so one of the public launches is on syracuse and the other uh public launch is clear on the other end of wawasee so i think that sets up pretty well for for a kayak tournament too especially on a body of water of three thousand acres so absolutely uh event two we're heading may 30th to salamone um salamone is a reservoir in north central indiana it's uh roughly 2600 acres uh also an interesting body of water it's the salamone river dammed up so it's a reservoir with a lot of fingers and stuff um uh but the way that sets up it's mostly surrounded by various um state parks and fish and wildlife areas and stuff that i don't believe there's any actual commercial or i'm sorry residential development on the lake uh but because of the way it's set up uh, there's actually 10 different launches on that lake uh, that guys will be able to use so definitely everybody should be spread out for that one uh we're hoping to kind of turn this event into a little bit of a social event too uh there's a lot of options for camping and stuff so we're you know we're still throwing around ideas and trying to get the planning done on that one but we're hoping to kind of make this a little more of a family destination tournament type thing so plenty to plenty to do there yeah you know i idea yeah i uh i've been in indiana most of my life and fishing in indiana for a long time i've never heard of this lake so i'm i'm interested in this one it's uh it's again one of those uh central indiana doesn't have a whole lot of water type things and this this kind of if you if you look at it on a map it sort of kind of falls in between the central indiana and the northern indiana type of location uh which is part of the reason why we chose it to you know try and stay central without being central (laughs) Mm -hmm, (laughs) you know what mm -hmm. i mean so yeah absolutely yeah so So stop number three stop number three june 27th on geist reservoir so geist is one of those uh one of those gets hammered a lot popular big bass destinations in central Indiana. Um, had kind of a rough year this year from what I, what I've been able to gather. Um, they went a little crazy on spraying the spraying the weeds and, um, that lake that that's your main structure for holding fish is that vegetation. So you start killing it and they're going to stack up wherever you can find them. But it's about yeah. just shy of 2000 acres. There, it's just Northeast of Indianapolis. Um, we've, we've had plenty of events at Geist in the, in the past. We've had two or three, I think, uh, we skipped it this year. Um, but we're going to go back next year. It's, it's always a, it's always a fun tournament. So that one has, uh, three launch locations. There's a public park, uh, up the Creek actually, where you can launch for free. And then, uh, the Geist Marina actually runs two other public launches, um so there will be fees for those two launches but we're working with them now to kind of keep those fees under control oh a little crazy so that actually wraps up our our lake series so those three events are lakes 
And then we're going to finish up the season, uh, the regular season anyways, with our two river events. And uh, these are actually the same two river events we fished in 2019. Uh, of course, we have to have the White River event. But uh, last year, we went to the Tippecanoe River for the first time. And uh, it was well-regarded. Um, fishing was fishing was pretty good. Uh, the river set up well again for, for kayak fishing, kayak tournaments at least. And uh, so we're going to go back. <laughs> So we're going to use the same launches as we did in 2019. Uh, there, there's actually two lakes along that stretch of the Tippecanoe River, uh, but we want this to be a, a moving water event. And so the lakes will be off limits unless we need to use them for safety reasons. But uh, um, Very cool. 2019, we have 57 anglers on that one. It took uh, 86 and three-quarter inches to win and big bass. Was a 21 inch smallmouth from Jackson Orr. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was a beast. Nice. That's on, I don't know. Did I say what date that was? I don't think I, I don't did. think so. Yeah. I don't think yeah, you I, listed yeah. the dates for either White River or the. Yeah. So July 25th is the first of our river events on the Tippecanoe. And then August 8th will be our final regular season event and, you know, the perennial favorite of the White River. Yeah nice we'll do then, uh yeah go ahead and then where are we wrapping it up at for the for the championship uh championship right now will be on palestine so nice. okay. that's a it's not a very big lake it's in northern indiana it's only 290 acres but again um since it's a championship and it'll be a limited number of anglers we can go to the smaller bodies of water and palestine definitely has a history of big fish so yes it does yes, yes it sir. does so, wow all right sweetness that's a that's a pretty sweet schedule i'm not Thank gonna you. lie we're pretty like excited it. about it <laughs> you did well you did well so um the only question i the only other question i have about the 2020 schedule and then we'll move on is you know this year uh hobie's not doing the satellite event so mm -hmm. we're not going to have that in conjunction uh any plans to kind of pull in some of those out-of-staters back to that event and kind of, you know, um, make that a, a really big event or just kind of... Specifically the White River event again? Correct. Um, we haven't uh, we haven't discussed a, a whole lot of the marketing that we're going to go through next year. Um, kind of giving ourselves a break after sitting down doing the schedule and then, like I said, Jim's Jim's heading to uh, Washita this week, and yeah. you know I'm trying to find all my cold weather gear so I can fish the turkey bowl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I yeah. just uh, dug out some of mine too. So we're we're um, hoping that that a lot of the that at least some of the the anglers that fished with us from out of state last year for that White River event will you know some word of mouth will help. And, you know, maybe they'll want to come back and bring some of their, some of their buddies with them. And, um, you know, all we can do is the best we can. We, we feel like Indiana Kike Anglers has worked really hard over the years to, to create a good reputation for ourselves and, and our anglers that fish with us. So hopefully we can keep that up and, and hopefully that will help with some of the draw. And then we'll look into some other marketing aspects and avenues that we could use to draw. 
So let's talk about that reputation a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, I agree. I think that is uh, what you guys are known for is hosting really great events and taking care of your anglers. Um, so, you know, me and Dan and a lot of the listeners here are, are anglers and, and, you know, we probably have a few tournament directors listening too, but let, I, I would like to hear from the tournament director standpoint um, what you feel makes a good local series and, and what kind of considerations you take going into that. Because there's a lot of conversation within the kayak fishing community right now about that with the national and regional level stuff. So it's going to be kind of interesting, I think, to hear from you on the local level, those considerations you take and, and, and why you feel like you guys have been so successful at building this reputation. Um, it's definitely multifaceted, right? So I, I think, I think part of the reason that we've been so successful is that we were here early on, right? And then, um, gosh, I, it's going to sound cliche, but honestly, it, it really is the anglers that fish with us. I think a lot of the, a lot of the clubs and organizations and, and different things that, that have, issues um really comes down to just a a community that doesn't police itself very well and i think the fact that we got in early um and and have been able to just kind of allow the community to build itself and the community starts to police itself a little bit right so if you've got anglers that could be troublemakers or they just or, or could be problems, right? They don't feel comfortable because they're the minority, and so they kind of see their way out. Does that make sense? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Sure. Like, yeah. like, I don't think it's anything that we're necessarily doing right. It's just we're we're trying not to do anything wrong and and really lift up the people that are good people in this community and let them sort of you know shine the light of what we expect out of people that fish our tournaments absolutely absolutely and you guys do you do a really great job of of putting that spotlight on those anglers you know after the events and 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 making sure you're giving them proper shout outs and doing the go lives and so i think that's really cool um you know, talk a little bit about the dynamic. You know, you got three tournament directors there at IKA. Do you think that plays a part in it, having all those voices that can really kind of cipher through everything and 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 put together, you know, a really awesome tournament series? So, so the current the current board with Jim, Matt, and I, we we work really well together. We can bounce ideas off of each other we build on each other's ideas and then we all agree at the end well yeah that's the way we need to do it um they actually helped talk me out of something i had been stingy about for years uh to help streamline the 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 day-to-day the tournament day processes uh for our events in 2019 and, and it was an absolute blessing um and that you know that helped a lot and that took them talking me into it, but it was never a fight. We work well together. Um, we've just always had a strong board. You know, we've we've had some board members in the past that that are no longer part of Indiana Kayak Anglers, but have been absolutely essential in what Indiana Kayak Anglers is now. 
Right, with Nathan Pickering. Uh, he, Nathan is really the one who started this whole thing. Uh, he started one club, Central Indiana Kayak Anglers, and that just grew into Indiana Kayak Anglers. And we have Mike Denzel and uh, Jamison Olson and um, Joe Armstrong. All those guys have had a voice in, in what we are now and have been part of it. Awesome. For, sure. for, for, for the... Uh... For with your tournament, with your series being ran so well and your growing membership, you've got to be doing something right. Is there something that you would tell the other tournament directors? Maybe a word of advice that you've seen that maybe they should be doing that maybe they're not. Not not to call anybody out. Just no. Um, best practice. So so I think one of the other things that we do really really well, and um, I think the White River event this year. Sorry guys, can is my furnace causing a lot of background noise a little bit but it's all right yeah, yeah. um i'll try and shield a little bit don't be cold <laughs> well i'm out in the garage it's already cold um i think one of the things that we did really well this we've done really well in the past but it really sh- uh stood out this year but is is planning going up to the event so i know one of the things that we got a lot of really positive feedback on this year related to the the hobie bass open satellite event was uh, how much information we provided to anglers. So we, you know, we, uh, especially on river events, right? So river events, there's 17 different launch locations along the stretch of river you're allowed to fish. Well, we put it all on a Google map. And so you could go and interact with the launches. And, and we provided as much information as we possibly could. And I think if you can do that for every event, um, you're going to make everybody that's coming to fish with you a little more comfortable, right? You're taking some of the questions out of it. They can focus on the fishing. They can fo- focus on the fun and not have to worry about every little detail. So I think planning is key and communicating is is paramount. Uh, communicating before yeah. the event, communicating during the event, and communicating after the event. It's always, always paramount. And, we, you know, we, we always... We always kind of regroup at the end of every event and try and figure out what we could do differently next time. And, and, and Sam, I appreciate your kind words about us promoting the anglers, but I, we honestly feel we could do a better job of that, and we'll, we'll try to do so. Uh, we will definitely be shooting to do better in 2020 for that, for sure. Yeah, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my part with Use Your Kayak Bassin, which is what we started that whole thing for, was to promote the trails and the anglers right. to do a better job as well. I think we're always going to be trying to improve on that. I think every tournament trail and series and club has some room for improvement there, and uh, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll do that in 20, 2020. All right, so um, let's let's talk about another another topic related to the club and some decision making that has to go on. So, you guys are a KBF partner um, mm-hmm. and have been, and you know you guys observe most KBF rules, but there is one particular rule <laughs> that has Uh-oh. that has been a conversation piece <laughs> not only here in Indiana but nationally. Um, and you know, you guys have taken the stance of saying, no, it's not allowed. And, and that's the, the topic of the motor. Right. So I, I knew what you is the, on this, on this one. Yeah, I have to, <laughs> the, the listeners want to know. You're just worried about having to take your trolling motor off when you fish, aren't you? Well, <laughs> hey, no, fu- funny enough, funny enough. If you go back. So the very first podcast I did with Brian on the OG show, I think I talked about this. 
I'm not actually a motor guy. I actually prefer to paddle. Mm-hmm. But when I went to fish the KBF stuff, I started out without a motor this mm-hmm. year. And I quickly realized that I was putting myself at a disadvantage for no reason at all. So I got the motor. So I actually would prefer that motors not be a part of the game, but I also understand. And I think, I think Chad did a really good job of explaining this at the trail series championship. I also understand the necessity for it. Um, So I'm now, I kind of put myself on that fence kind of, I'm kind of on the fence, but Mm -hmm. um I do want to hear from from a tournament director and from a trail series, you know, who has said, hey, this is not something we're going to allow um, and get your take on that. So just just so you know, I'm, I'm not a hard ass on this rule. <laughs> I, I, I could go either way, too. Right. But in this case, it's not necessarily what my opinion is. That's not necessarily what's important to me. Like I have my opinion, but so does everyone else. Right. What mm-hmm. I have to look at is, you know, we look at, let's look at our Summit Lake event last year. So we had, what, 84 anglers there. Um, there's probably 80 of them that would be angry if we allowed motors. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So, so you know, using an electric motor on a kayak is definitely a, a gr- another growing trend in the industry. And so this is something we're definitely going to have to revisit each and every year. Right? But until i think until it becomes a little more mainstream it's it's a difficult thing for a local trail to adopt just because like i said you're going to have a lot of people that are going to look at it as an unfair advantage and that's their opinion right you and i could argue both sides of the fence like you said even with that angler but it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be happy about it so you kind of have to we kind of have to balance it out if that makes sense yeah, I'm, me personally, I'm in the same boat as Sam. If if I were fishing a series or a club that allowed motors, if I didn't have one, I'd feel like I was a, a disadvantage. So I probably wouldn't fish a series that allowed them uh, unless it was for disabled reasons, just because, you know, I'm one of those people. I need to have the best or I mm-hmm. need. I think I lost you there, Dan. Yeah, I think Dan froze up there for a second there. But I think we got the gist of what you were saying there. You know, it, when 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 you – it's like going out with a fish finder or without a fish finder. I'm going to have yeah. a fish finder if it's allowed, you know. Right. If I can take eight rods with me or ten rods, you know, I'm going to take ten rods if that's allowed, you know. Um if I can have, you want to have every advantage that you can on the water. And again, we can go, that's a whole nother topic. We can start going through this whole conversation, but um, I just kind of want, like I said, I just wanted to kind of get your take there, Jason. And, and you answered my second question while answering my first question, you know, going forward, what does that look like? And, you know, you said, Hey, that's something that we've got to address every year. So, Am I summing it up correctly by saying when you feel like the majority will adopt it and accept it, then you as a tournament trail will then accept it? I mean, I I can't speak directly to how we'll make that decision or what that basis will be, but um, it'll be more around 
more around the acceptance of competing against people using electric motors. Does that make sense? So sure. not, not necessarily that a majority of people have electric motors, but people understanding that is an advantage that they can take advantage of or not take advantage of, right? It's, it's sort of the same argument that has been had for years of paddle versus pedal, right? Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's the exact it, same argument. It's, it's the exact same argument. And, and now, you know, before people were, were angry with, you know, allowing Hobie Pro Anglers with the Mirage Drive because they gave them such a great advantage. Well, so I spent several years on the Hobie fishing team, and so I had to field those issues for a while, you know. And uh, my argument was the my argument that I had for that would be the same I would have for the electric motors, and that's, yeah, I, I may be able to get to some water faster than you while you're paddling, but that doesn't mean that there's fish there, right? And uh, mm-hmm. I, I think you know the electric motors probably have a, a slightly larger advantage than the paddle versus pedal, just for longevity's sake. Um, I think from a local trails perspective. Um, they don't perhaps provide that big of an advantage and not enough to accommodate the people that would want to use them to upset the people that don't want to allow them, right? Like if you look at, look at our events for 2020. So the biggest body of water we're going to be on in 2020 is 3000 acres. Eh, it's not that big, right? It's not like you're on, it's not like you're on a, a you know, kentucky lake where you might make a 10 mile run in a day right you're, you're just not so, like i'm talking i'm talking myself in circles but, but no i, I th- think thus is the thus is the topic yeah. right yeah the argument will never end yeah that's correct no it, and you'll never it please everybody and that's also a thing you have to think about too as a director right yeah. so so we have to try and please the majority if that makes sense it does, and I, I think the way you're going through this and you're explaining it, and we're kind of seeing the thought process and and what has allowed you guys to build this reputation that you have right here. I mean, this is a perfect example of what we talked about just before. You know, you're thinking about the entire community, and you're thinking about what your anglers, your competitors want first rather than about what you want and what you would like to see you know it's not about hey i'm ika or the three of you as a body we're ika and this is this is how it's going to be you guys are taking a look at it from the larger picture what what are our anglers want the majority of our anglers want what do they need um and then providing that for them so i think that's cool um all right, so I'll let you off the off the hot seat with the motor topic now, <laughs> and uh, we'll we'll, mo- <laughs> we'll move on to some other things. Dan, Dan you got any? I, I'm doing a lot of talking here, and uh, of course that's because you know I'm here in Indiana, fish this or will be fishing this trail, and I know Jason, but you got anything? Well, well Dan's gonna come up and fish some too with us, right? Yeah, I would like, like to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's funny you were saying all these different places. I've I've you know, a lot of them I have heard of, and it'd be especially white. Lost him again. I know. Every time he starts to talk about something good, we lose him. And, and yeah. Are I won't you... make any comments about where the screen froze on the webcam. Oh, <laughs> I will. He's puckered yeah. up right now. Yeah, he's, ready to give, take... he's blowing kisses. Am I back now? You're oh, back? you're back. You're back. Yeah. I don't know. Sam, I don't Sam, know what happened. You... 
Did you take a screenshot of that uh, frozen face? Man, I should have. <laughs> you should have. We, we just got the internet here in Alabama. I'm sorry. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> your hands no, wear out. I think you were saying something <laughs> about. <laughs> I think you were saying something about wanting to fish up a geist, or you've heard of geist. Yeah, geist, tip of canoe, White River. I mean, they they all sound like you know, places that you've heard about for a long time and something I'd definitely like check out uh, that I'm definitely hearing a lot of differences. Um, things that y'all do, they're different than us. Do, do y'all, not to bring back the motor thing, but do y'all allow disabled to use motors? I know that was a topic on some other places and, and just something I, I've been interested to hear from a, a tournament director. You know, it's not something that's ever come up. It, it just hasn't. Um, I imagine it's something that we would, I, I, with the community that we have, if the to, if the question did come up and the topic did come up, whether or not it's been written in our rules explicitly, I know our anglers would understand if we made the decision to allow a particular angler to use the motor. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, I, I don't yeah, feel like point. I'd have any negative feedback from anybody on that. I think everybody would be understanding and, and we could approach that bridge when we when we get there, right? You know, since we're back on the motor topic. Oh, <laughs> Lord. Way to go, Dan. I'm no, sorry. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, I didn't ask. I think I know the answer, but I, I didn't officially ask. Are motors out for the 2020 season? As of now, yes. What? Hold on. Wait. As of now? Well, again, we'll, we'll always approach the topic as we need to. Um, okay. But that's the decision we've made as of now. Yep. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, God I, bless tournament directors. <laughs> I feel so bad for y'all. I do. I'm gonna have to recondition though. I I, I got lazy out there, so I'm gonna have to go out there and recondition. Get ready work on, for work on your paddling muscles. Yeah, get ready for that for that paddle. Um, all right, all right. So, moving on, moving on. Um, there's another hot topic right now in the kayak fishing industry. Um, it, well, in the fishing industry as a whole. And it's this this uh, topic of a new format, relatively new, uh, Major League Fishing. Uh, you know, we've seen it for years um, on the MLF side, but then they came out with the Bass Pro Tour this year and did a pro-level series based off of MLF. Um, I know when I was up at Lacrosse for the Trail Series Championship, you know, at the house, we were talking with, uh, the guys and this this conversation came up and kind of got a little heated um, and, and that's mostly my fault I was pushing the envelope a little bit <laughs> though I agreed with everyone's stance I was playing devil's advocate a little bit and they might have gotten a little annoyed with me understandably so though uh, but anyway uh, I'm again going to bring it up because I do think it is something that people are talking about a lot so MLF, we could see in the future possibly, you know, an MLF style format trail or series uh, adopted uh, here in the kayak world. What's your what's your take and thoughts on that? You know, as a tournament director. So we actually have a little bit of history with this. Uh, two years ago, I think it was 2017. Um, we actually utilized an unlimited format for our championship. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, we have just a 
absolute butt ton of lakes in northern Indiana. So what we did leading up to the championship is we had um, we had drawn or we had given a list of eight eight I believe lakes that are centrally located to each other, geographically close to each other. And then the night before, we drew a lake. So guys could practice on any of those eight lakes or all of those eight lakes, but they didn't know till the night before the tournament which lake they were going to be fishing on the championship. And so we chose, uh, we drew, out of a hat, we drew uh, Winona, is the name of the lake. And, uh, but then we used the unlimited format. Um, I think it was fun, but it don't think an unlimited format in a one day event like that uh, actually translates well in CPR. And the reason I say that is like, if you look at the MLF format where they're, you know, they're weighing them to score them and then putting them back in the water. Um, you catch a, a 12 inch fish. It might or might not make that one pound limit, but let's say it does. Let's say that 12 inch fish is one pound. Okay. But then you go and catch a, seven and a half pounder right so it in mlf format that would score seven and a half times as much as that 12 incher in cpr format it might be 24 inches and score twice as much so i would actually be better off catching two 12 inch fish in a cpr unlimited format than i would finding that 24 inch fish does that make sense so i i think i think length versus weight is where the translation or is where it breaks down in kayak fishing and where were they doing it did y'all do it through tourney x and they charged the same amount to do unlimited that's yes they did oh okay yeah that's actually when you when you set up a tournament in um uh in tourney x that's actually an option i think it's like extreme fishing xlf or something. i actually think that's what it's called in tourney x but yeah he does allow it um it, it probably helped that we only, again, it was our championship event, so we only had, I think we only had 12 guys that tournament, 13 guys that tournament, so. That's got to be a nightmare to judge those yeah. events, though. Like, I would never want to do it if it was, if it was, you know, 50 guys in the event. I think it was fine for the fact that it was a, a limited um, participation event, but right. I, I don't think it translated very well. I, I think it was fun. It probably wasn't a good idea to make that our championship. Hmm. Fair enough. Fair enough. At least you tried new things. I I think, you know, just the sports changing all. Screenshot. Thing you've done. It's... Am I still going here? Now you're hey, back. We... We, oh. we figured out if you have anything important to say, it's going to freeze. And if you're just goofing <laughs> off, it's fine. No, it's, it, it seems like everything you do, you're doing in a thoughtful way and trying new things. And who knows where our sport's going to be in five years. And I, right. I, I think you have to try those different things like that. And, you know, kudos, props to y'all for doing it because I've never seen it done down here. We, we had a lot of fun with it, but like I said, I don't think it was necessarily. I don't know. It, it, did, did you guys get my point about the difference between length and weight and how it doesn't yeah. necessarily translate? Well, is, is that kind of your opinion on that, too, and using that format in, in kayak fishing? Well, I, I have, like I said, I've played devil's advocate and then I've 
spoken my piece about it as well and and what I think about MLF format, but I've never gone at it from that angle. I've never looked at it from that angle um, and thought about that. So that was kind of, that was kind of eye opening for me and it does make sense a hundred percent. And I agree. So uh, I I think that's definitely a a good point to bring up Um, and something you probably wouldn't get from someone other than a tournament director. So (laughs) That's pretty uh, cool. Or probably the eleven other anglers that didn't win that event probably yeah. have that same feeling too. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> oh, well, exactly. it could be interesting. I I think the idea is fun, right? Like it's pretty awesome to, man. I want to go out and catch forty fish, and those are all going to score for me. So maybe what we need to look into, um, as a as a community or whatever, maybe we need to look into some sort of a way of scaling those lengths a little bit. Right. Like build some sort of scale in there to where, you know, this 12 inch fish counts as 12 inches. But if you catch an 18 inch fish, it's going to count as 21 or, you know, you know what I'm saying? Point system. Yeah. Right. Like translate inches to points somehow. I I think it could be done. Right. I haven't thought about it too much, but. I think what would my vision of it, and this is kind of a futuristic version of it, is the only way I see it kind of working in kayak fishing is where you go to a weight format where guys are weighing their fish. But obviously the problem of that is being able to police it, being able to make sure that guys are doing it ethically. So like my futuristic version, right? When I'm thinking like 20, 30 kayak bass fishing, I'm thinking boats fully rigged out with live cameras and or refs being out there. But I think if you got the entire thing rigged out with live cameras and that'll be possible thanks to 5g and all that you know then you can visually see it but that's that's a really futuristic thing well, you, and, and you want to talk about a nightmare to judge right so then you're yeah. then you're then you've got to have a whole panel of judges that are monitoring these speeds mm, throughout the entire day yeah um but maybe you touched on something so so if we go back and look at um how we utilize that format in a championship event where we have a limited participation, right? Like it wouldn't necessarily be difficult to, if you had a a top 10 event, so you only had 10 anglers and kayaks, it wouldn't necessarily be hard to find eight, nine, 10 boaters that could follow them around and actually weigh the fish for them. Right. Right. Like more judge it. Yeah. It's possible, but I, I think you're right. I think, I think straight up CPR in an MLF format is it just isn't going to work. And to yeah. to me, it just I, I've never done it, but thinking about it, being at kayak, just the process of taking that many pictures and measuring that many fish, it, it just <laughs> seems like that part would suck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and I think again, and maybe I'm just a traditionalist. I don't know, but I think it takes away from the art of the five fish limit. And, and, and this was the argument that a lot of the guys at the house there at lacrosse were making. And again, I, I was pushing the conversation and, and challenging and coming at it from a different angle, but I a hundred percent agree with them. I enjoy the five fish format, the strategy that goes into that. Um, and I think the MLF format is mostly about media. It's mostly about advertising. It's mostly about getting a lot of views um, and grabbing the attention of non-tournament anglers, um, which there are there are positives to that. There's 
you know, drawing new people to our industry and to our sport. That's what we're all trying to do. And that's just another form of doing it. But I think from an angler aspect, it just really doesn't translate. Um, it's it's fun to watch. It is fun to I, watch. I, I almost see it a little. I, I agree with you 100%. But from a competitor standpoint, the fact that the competitors know exactly where they stand every minute of the day, that's a completely different aspect. So if I'm out on the water in, in a kayak tournament or if I'm fishing a, a boat tournament, like I know how I'm doing and I know how the guy that just went by me told me he was doing. But until I get into the weigh-in or until I get to see the leaderboard at the end of the day on Tourney X, I'm not really sure where I'm at, right? Yeah. So it's it's a it's a mental game there. But then you add the aspect of, hell, I know exactly where I'm at that yeah. create, creates an entirely different level of adrenaline, to, in, in my opinion. So I think from the it angler does. aspect, that's probably where some of those guys enjoy it is from, is from that adrenaline. The, the whole day is just balls to the wall, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and we can continue this conversation oh, forever. Yeah. But, Absolutely. Uh, you know, one thing we could do. Now, the problem, again, a lot of the problems that play into some of these different formats is signal issues. Um, at these lakes, but you think like for in a perfect scenario, you're on a lake where everyone has great signal. There's no issue with uploading fish. You could leave le leaderboard up and you could make a rule where a guy has to submit a fish within five minutes of catching it. And then that live leaderboard is truly live. It is that automatic update. And then we do get that same feel of the uh you know the mlf format or the unlimited catch format whatever you want to call it um with our traditional tournament our five fish tournament but again that's an ideal situation which we don't always have that's correct. um so but again we we could we could take that conversation on for days and maybe that's an that's another podcast where we will <laughs> go into all the the different wormholes there but uh i think That'd it's cool good to, yeah I think it's cool to get your take on that, and uh, maybe if we do have an MLF podcast at some point, we'll uh, we'll bring you back. So, um, all right. Well, you know we've uh, we've covered a lot. This is a definitely a jam packed show, so I'm going to start to wind it down here. Um, but uh, let's talk a little bit about the Turkey Bowl. <laughs> That's right. Somebody had to do it. Yeah, that, better than I would have done. It was very good. Yeah. I'm I'm excited to fish it. Um, yeah, I I actually enjoy fishing Geist. I haven't been. I'm trying to think. I don't think I've been out there at all this year, actually. Um, but Nor have I. it's one of those one of those lakes where I always tend to find at least one fish, so I'm happy. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I've caught. I've a uh, actually one of my biggest one of my biggest fish out of my kayak was actually. Two years ago, the day after I was on Black Friday, it was the day after Thanksgiving. <laughs> I went out and uh, uh oh, caught a 21 inch on a jerk bait. Uh oh, which is my favorite Super. way to fish. So, yeah, so a little birdie told me you were gonna have like six different jerk baits rigged up. You're gonna have six Probably. rods, <laughs> all with jerk baits. Uh, maybe just five. I'm, oh, I'm five. gonna pare down for this event because it's supposed to be uh, crap. I was supposed to say that. I'll, I'll probably just have five. <laughs> So who who's all on your team? So I'm fishing with Matt Gibson, 
and uh, his uncle, his name is uh, Jim Rizzo, I believe. I fished with Jim once earlier this year up on... Um, I can't think of the name of that lake now. Manitow? Water. Yeah, but... So, yeah, it'll be a good time. I was hoping I was hoping it could be the Team Ica directors, right? Have Jim, Matt, and I. It'd be a lot of fun, but, of course, Jim will be in Arkansas. So. Yeah, that's my bad. I screwed up. <laughs> no, it's I've, not. I've admitted to it. I, no, I did. <laughs> I did. I, I screwed up. I, uh, I scheduled this event for the same day <laughs> as the Tournament of Champions, and... Maybe that wouldn't always be a big deal, but it's a big deal because I essentially took one of the winning team members from last year and uh, made it to where he couldn't defend his title. So sorry, Jackson. Uh, I apologize <laughs> once again. Uh, it was not intentional. I totally screwed that up. The idea was we were trying to make it a week earlier um, just to hopefully catch some warmer weather, which... Uh, <laughs> uh, may or may not have happened uh but anyway I, I do have on good authority the fish are biting as of right now so you know it probably can't hurt it that bad right. that we're gonna have a cold blast come in a couple days or the day of um but uh anyway <laughs> you know on a positive note we've got this thing is blown up oh, man it's unbelievable oh my like goodness 14 teams now no, sir. Uh-oh. 19. Oh, jeez. 19 wow. confirmed teams. Uh, I've got a couple others out there that I think are coming. Um, you know, we might lose one or two, you know, that confirmed and end up dropping out or whatever. But, uh, yeah, it's it's blown up. Uh, we've caught some amazing sponsors, uh, a lot of cool prizes, and, uh, you know, it's already got me thinking about next year and like how to make it bigger and better. Um, it's funny. We did this last year just to kind of like get some um, get some people involved in Hoosier Kayak Bassin and kind of le- getting the word out about Kayak Bassin. And at that point, it wasn't something where I was thinking like, oh, this is something that we'll do every year. But um you know, quickly realize like, Hey, this is kind of a cool thing and, and people might dig this. And so, and then this year, a lot's been going on with a lot of talk around the team stuff. And I think that's kind of, uh, flared it up, you know, the crossroads classic, um, help it kind of spark that. I think you nailed that there. Um, yeah. The, the team thing is, is big, right. Especially, I I, I don't know how to explain it. Um, I would love to, yeah. I, I was a little leery about the crossroads thing, to be honest with you, because I thought the team format might be kind of iffy, but it was a blast. It was an absolute yeah. ton of fun to watch. Um, you know, I didn't, I helped with some of the planning on it and stuff, but I didn't participate in the event, but I wish I could have. I wish I could have been there fishing with some teams, you know, fishing with my team. And um, I, I think this is, this is cool. And I think that's probably why you're seeing your participation grow so much is because people are interested in the team aspect of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, by no means do I want Huger kayak Bassin to become a tournament series or trail or anything like that. It was never the intention of it. Um, but I do think, I think this is a fun way to end the end the season, you know, and get everybody together one last time, get some people from outside of Indiana here, 
um, and have a little last hoorah. We're doing the food drive this year, which is really important to me. Um, it's something that I, I I thought about shortly after the tournament last year, and um, I'm excited that we're going to have so many people participating in that. Originally, the idea was just get enough food for one family. Now I'm thinking we can like deliver some food to two or three families possibly, you know, so that's going to be really cool. I'm excited about that. But uh, yeah, I, th- I think the team thing's going to be cool. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll do like an, like a early season ice buster or something team tournament too. do one at the end and one at the beginning. Um, or maybe not. Maybe we'll just keep it as this, but uh, um, I'm, I'm definitely excited about it. I, I think you, I think you've nailed it. Right. Like, so, so, so bookending the other series within the state would be great because, you know, we always see great numbers at our season opener because guys are itching to get out. So you bookend any, any of the other events. So you start at the, you know, start before they do and end after they do your, your guaranteed participation and, uh, yeah. and the team aspect is just super awesome. I, I, I'm really excited about it. I yeah. Really I- um, like I said, I've, I've already like my wheels are already spinning for the next one. Um, and I, I'm really starting to kind of dig this idea of maybe doing another one at the beginning of the season and, and, and another sort of charity. I don't know what that charity would even be, but tie that in as well. Um, and then I got one other idea that I've not mentioned yet to anyone. Well, I think I mentioned to, to you, actually um we got a big event coming up here in indiana this year kbf is bringing the trail series to indiana uh lake monroe and we've got a couple different clubs that are hosting uh tournaments in uh, conjunction with that one of those being SIAC, kind of my home club my group right um and i'm considering having huger kayak bassin put together and host a boondoggle. For now you're talking. So, you know, we're going to have a lot of people from all over. We got Lake Monroe full of campgrounds. I'm thinking we, you know, have a big camp out, get some vendors, get some of the clubs to come set up, you know, and uh, some of the local shops, do some demos. So, um, my wheels are turning on that as well. So we might put out some fillers here soon on that. Definitely a lot of opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Basically what I'm saying is I just am a workaholic and I like uh, overloading myself with uh, too many responsibilities. And um, <laughs> there's it's the red beard, Me too. isn't it? Yeah. Something like that. Must be. <laughs> All Mine, right. Mine's white. So. Yeah. <laughs> I have a little tiny beard compared to y'all. It's like, yeah. You need to get working on that. I do. It's uh Yeah, if you lived up here where it gets cold, yeah. you would uh, you'd grow a longer one. It's warmer. It's short. You know. Yeah, that's right. okay. That's it. Good excuse. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, wow. This uh, definitely was insightful. I think uh, you know we we're usually on the other end of the spectrum. We're talking to winners of these tournaments, and it's cool to to start this series that we're going to do of tournament directors uh, here in, in what we're calling the off season. Um, so thanks for being the first. Thanks for having me, man. It's a good time. Absolutely. Good time for sure. Hopefully I didn't uh, step on anyone's toes or anything. No, uh, you did great. <laughs> we appreciate you. Right yeah, on. Absolutely. All right, Jason. Well, um, 
I always like to uh, let everybody give an opportunity to tell people where they can follow and get in touch with them. Um, so if you want to go ahead and ramble that off and say thanks to anyone, uh, the floor is yours. Well, uh, thanks definitely goes out to all of our anglers that fished with us last year. We had um, 141 unique anglers throughout the season, um, which is just awesome. And, you know, we hope we left everybody with, uh, with a good taste in their mouth and want to come back and fish with us again in 2020. Um, if not, we'll do everything we can to, to make things better. So definitely reach out to us and you can reach out to us at, um, Indiana kayak anglers on Facebook. Uh, we have a page and a group. Um, the public group is where more of your discussion goes and the, and the private page is, is more of our announcements to the world. Um, message us on there. We'll get back with you as soon as we can. You can reach out to us at indianakayakanglers.com. And we also have a, an Instagram, Indiana Kayak Anglers. Um, I try and post as much as I can on there, but I'm not, I'm maybe just a little too old for Instagram, but I'm trying. <laughs> Phil, yeah. We got to work better on our Instagram too. <laughs> yeah. Definitely have to give an, uh, one more shout out. Sorry. that uh, Our series sponsor um, for uh, 2019, Moving Water Outfitters in Zionsville. Um, they're, they're a huge fly shop um, and a huge kayak fishing shop. They've supported us uh, immensely over the years. They support all our anglers over the years and, and going forward. Uh, they deal in Bonafide, Old Town, Jackson, uh, New Canoe, and uh, I, I, always, I always feel like I forgot one, but I think those are your major brands. Carry a full line of Yak Attack gear, bending branches, paddles, uh nrs pfds and uh sims gear for your for your wet weather that you may need this weekend um they they do it all and then we also i'd like to give another quick shout out to sun valley sports actually in indianapolis and while they weren't a serious sponsor for us this year um because of the way the hobie bass open satellite event uh played out they were actually the host for that event um because they are the hobie dealer in indianapolis and um, not only were they gracious hosts and allow us to use their, their facilities in their parking lot for headquarters, uh, but they also provided all the anglers with some uh, Chipotle at the end of the event. So they bought burritos for everybody. So that was, that was pretty awesome. Nice. They stepped up in a big way um, that we weren't, you know, we weren't looking for, but they definitely helped us out. And uh, Very cool. so that was great. So we haven't uh, lined up any sponsorships for 2020 yet. We're still, uh, trying to figure out how we want to try and handle it before we reach out to the to the people that may sponsor our series, but uh, um, the, those two were definitely instrumental in our in our 2019. Very cool, very cool. All right, Jason. Well, thank you again, and uh, I'm sure we'll have you back on in the future. And uh, appreciate you I'm taking up. time out of your evening, man. Any any time, man. I'd love to come back. We'll, we'll good luck talk. at turkey. Yeah. Good luck at the turkey ball. Thanks, man. I'll show you the winning jerk bait. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, we'll talk to you soon. We're gonna we're gonna talk about a couple of things here, and uh, we'll uh, we'll catch you later. See you guys later. Thanks. This segment is brought to you by Jigmaster Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com, use promo code PNF twenty, and save twenty percent off your jig order. All right, guys, welcome back. We just finished up with uh, Jason from Indiana Kayak Anglers. 
that was pretty awesome uh dan i it was it was really cool for me to sit there and talk to a tournament director it's first time i've ever really sat down and talked to a tournament director like that and i uh, think it's definitely a cool thing for our listeners as well i think just sitting there just listening to them how they're making decisions it was just all real thoughtful and you can definitely tell why more people are fishing their series every year and why they why it's ran so well and why people would want to fish it because if you have three people like that managing it that they, they're definitely doing the right thing absolutely absolutely setting the bar for sure um well you know this week uh we didn't really recap any tournaments next week we will have a short recap because uh, this weekend we got a couple events coming up. So the first one, you know, Paddle and Finn uh, sponsoring this event. We've been talking a lot about it, the Turkey Bowl. Um, and uh, for those of you that that aren't aware of what that is by now, I'll go over it real quick. Uh, that's going to be held on Geist Reservoir here in Indiana. Um, that's ran by uh, my group um, that I founded and, and co-founded with Alan Reed called Hoosier Kayak Bass. And we're not a tournament organization or anything like that. Uh, we're just a group that uh, is here to kind of um, the goal is to bring all of the anglers in Indiana, all the tournament directors in Indiana and trails and clubs together uh, so that we can uh, promote each other and, 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 you know, just make the, the sport better here in Indiana. Um, and then we're also going to be hosting a food drive. So it's going to be a charity event as well. So that's a three man team tournament. Uh, as I stated earlier, when we were talking to Jason, we're expecting around 75 anglers. Uh, so uh, it's going to be pretty cool. We got about 20 teams signed up right now, uh, just short or just over there. Um, so really excited about it. It's going to be best three bass, three man teams, um, should be a good one. So we'll be finally talking about the results of that on the next episode. The Somebody other... please beat the trash panda team from the paddle. Thing. <laughs> the other paddling fin host. Somebody. Please... <laughs> yeah. They don't got a chance, man. That ain't happening. <laughs> That you know, they originally tried to call themselves the champs. Oh Lord. Isn't that ridiculous? And then they didn't even fish last year. And they're trying to claim the champs. Wow. Anyway, um, they got one part of their name right though. Trash. Trash. That's right. <laughs> um, but anyway, so we got another big national event going on. Um and that's the Tournament of Champions. Hobie Bass Open Series Tournament of Champions held on the same day as Turkey Bowl, uh, Sunday, November 10th. And my goodness. Lord, the- I, I, it's the field is ridiculous. And the crazy thing is some of the best fishermen in the, and fisherwomen in the country are going to get last placed and next to last. I mean, I it's that, that field is so stacked. I, like, I would love to go to Wachita for the shootout that they're having. And I think they're giving away, AJ announcer, giving away four spots. Man, it'd be awesome to fish it, but some people are going to get their feelings hurt. I I mean, a literal who's who of yeah. kayak bass fishing. I mean, when you look at that field, there's not a name on there you don't know. That yeah. If you follow this sport at all, it is, it is crazy how stacked that field is. Um and that lake is, you know, had a lot of tournaments on it this year, but it should be cooling off and should be getting good. So I'm looking forward to seeing what kind of sacks these guys are going to put up. And and just 
props to AJ for putting the series together and Hobie putting it together. They went, they set out to create a real elite tournament of champions, and that's exactly what it's come to be. Absolutely, absolutely. I don't think anybody can disagree with that statement right there. Um, so yeah, looking forward to following that. We'll be posting links to that uh, on uh, the Paddle and Finn um, Facebook pages Friday, so that you guys can follow those on iAngler. And uh, it's man, it's just going to be really cool. So I'm excited about that. Well, that that pretty much wraps up. Uh, you know what we're going to be recapping next week, what we're looking forward to. Uh, but for next week, we're going to continue this tournament director series. Uh, we're going to be bringing on another tournament director from your neck of the woods. That's right. Uh, Steve Owens. He's one of the most respected, nicest guys in kayak fishing. He actually got second. Not only is, a tur- is he a tournament director for Tennessee Valley Kayak Anglers, which is that Tennessee River area that region uh some of the he set that up with ryan lambert another name you'd know uh just one of the best fishermen in the country and the nicest kind of guy you'd ever want to meet uh he, and he actually got second in the gunnersville hobie o- uh hobie open and he'll be fishing the tournament of champions and be able to give us a recap of that and be able to tell us about uh, his series that's coming up and i'll tell you one tournament that they just had their season just ended and it's actually starts in november at the week after he's going to be on the show but he um they have a their championship is an iron man tournament the only one i've ever heard of and they do yeah he can tell us more about it but it's like a three-day event where you can start on friday afternoon and fish all the way to sunday afternoon and it's your best five fish so I want to hear more about that tournament, something super interesting, and be able to give us a recap from Tournament of Champions and just be able to hear from a nice guy and, and somebody who really, he's been around for a long time and super knowledgeable. Yeah, sounds like it'll be another jam-packed show for the listeners, so uh, that's exciting stuff. All right, guys, well, uh, thanks for hanging in. If you've listened all the way through this one, this is probably the longest episode we've recorded, but I think definitely some good content We appreciate you guys, and uh, we'll see you next week on The Real Down. Thanks for listening. Peace. Go check out the website, guys. Paddle, the letter N in fin.com. Also check out YouTube, youtube.com forward slash paddle and fin. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest, feel free to email us at paddle, the letter N in fin, at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media. We're doing giveaways, announcements, things like that at Facebook and Instagram at paddle and fin. Shout out to our show supporters, Rocktown Adventures, Loveland Canoe and Kayak, Hammered Lures, Fish Mob Lures, TRC Covers, Catch Products. Go to catchproducts.com. You can put the Paddle and Fin logo right on your catchboard. Don't forget to go over and pick up your Jig Masters jigs. Use promo code PNF20 and save 20% today. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to. It helps grow the audience, helps others find our podcast. So please drop a five-star rating in on the podcast platform you're listening on. Don't forget about the Recycled Plastics program, you guys. Take your used plastic baits, put them in an envelope, mail them to the address in the show notes. Our man Eric Richards at Hammered Lures melts those down, makes new baits, and donates them to various chapters of Heroes on the Water. 
Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern, presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV.